Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, and we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download that mobile app today. We're also presented to you on Blue Wire podcast by Liquid Death from the Alps. Check it out. Looks like a Mickey's kind of, but Mickey's was green and gold. This one's a little more black and gold, but, you know, check it out. Sparkling water straight from the Alps. Everybody, I'd like to welcome my guest today. Joining me, Harry Ruiz, voice of the Raiders in Espanol, and also just one of the best people I've ever met in the media room. Harry, welcome to the show. Damn, I think that speaks more about the other folks in the <laughs> just kidding. Great to be here, Heidi. Thanks Damn. for having me. It's great to be here in the amazing podcast studio that the Review Journal has. It feels like home, so it's great nice. to be here with yeah, you guys. Yeah, I wanted to get you in here because I didn't know. I know you do updates for us from time to time. You've been, you know, coming in. You did a lot of work on the rodeo, man. That was incredible yeah. what you did for that NFR stuff. Um, wanted to have you in because look at this cool studio, right? Yeah, so I, and you can have liquid death. Yes, exactly. But the Spanish crew is right next door, so that's where I usually work when I come in and uh, fill in for Rosana, who does an amazing job. So I'm like, okay, it's my first time actually recording a podcast here, so it's amazing. Yeah, I top love, of the line. I love your calls in Spanish; they're always so passionate, and I love that. I love how you just put everything into it, and I know that's also probably in part because you're a lifelong Raider fan. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what people was like. Hey, I feel your passion yeah. through it. I'm like, yeah, because if I weren't up here in the booth i'd probably be in the black hole going crazy <laughs> and without my voice because i'd be screaming for defense and enjoying touchdowns and everything so now it's a different kind of passion and it's like okay sundays it's work but at least i get to work for the team i grew up rooting for and so when you see the team that you grew up rooting for kind of move on from its nine-year quarterback you know franchise quarterback how did that make you feel like what was your gut reaction to that move so I've been a Derek Carr defender for nine years, but <laughs> a now- A stand or defender? No, a defender. No. <laughs> I'm like, don't go that far. But at the same time, I've been through that decade where it was a revolving door of quarterbacks, yeah. of coming and going, of drafting uh, Jamarcus Russell and then going with veterans and not finding the solution. So for me, it was like, okay, Derek Carr, at least, at least he gives you the stability. But at the same time, he wasn't the problem nor the solution. And what does this team want to do? Do they they just want to make it to the playoffs? No, they want to win a championship. Is Carr going to be able to win a championship in this franchise? I think after nine years, uh, we found out that that might not be the case. So now the front office and this coaching staff, they decided to take another step towards another direction. And now we're going to have a very interesting offseason to see who's going to fill those shoes. And before we get into talking about those shoes, I just wanted to go back to Derek Carr for a minute and say, you know, I think the new regime was obviously giving him his opportunities. I think it was maybe a lot to learn on offense for him and trying to figure out the McDaniel system, which I hear is completely just really involved, very intricate uh, for a quarterback to pick up, much less in the in offseason and then trying to apply it into the regular season. But when you think about 
Derek Carr transitioning as many times as he did from Musgrave to Todd Downing to Greg Olson and back because he had Greg Olson a couple times, like just all of those coordinators and all of the changes in coaching. Do you feel like sometimes maybe the chips were stacked against him? Yeah, absolutely. And then you also see the situation with the defense, him never having a top of the line defense or at least a middle of the standings defense where you could be like, all right, at least they're going to get some stops. And then with the offense, you're able to recover and get some wins. And that wasn't the case. Derek Carr had the chip stacked against him. And then at the same time, he was able to bounce back always. It seemed like the second year when he was in the system, he would embrace it a little bit better, understand it a little bit better and evolve in it. And unfortunately, he doesn't get this chance right now with the Raiders. But at the same time, I'll give props to the front office. They were able to be like, all right, after one year, they decided it's time to time to go another way. And at other times, you You've seen in this team and in other teams that they just take too long to make that decision. Look at what happened in Philly. They had Carson Wentz and they decided to go away from Carson Wentz. And then five years later, they're back in the Super Bowl with another quarterback. So it's at times it's difficult to make decisions. And the Raiders had to make one and they did it. And now it's official. Derek Carr isn't the Raiders quarterback anymore. And I think at times when you say, you know, the, the team and the defense that it has been a struggle. And that's what I wonder a lot about for this offseason isn't so much the quarterback, because I think when you look at the offense, there's a lot of great pieces that this team has from Hunter Renfro to Darren Waller to Devontae Adams. And and those guys are going to be staples, I think, of that core of the offense. So if you bring in a quarterback, let's say the choice A is Aaron Rodgers, choice B is Jimmy Garoppolo, choice C is a draft pick, you know, and then anybody else that might be available Jacoby Brissett, who knows? You gotta show you know, Stiddy some love Stiddy, too. Stiddy, Stiddy is an option. And that's interesting to me too, because of the involvement he's had in the system. Same with Garoppolo, same with Brissett. You know, those guys have all had knowledge of this system that is very detailed. So just my question in all of that is, do you think it's more important right now for this team to focus on fixing and rebuilding the defense with their draft capital or working on trying to build the quarterback position and whether it's bringing a new talent or a free agent, which would you rather see the team right now put their main focus into? I mean, right now, I'm not only right now, but pretty much for the past decade, the defense. You look and there is holes in all three phases of the game. You go with the line and you need more interior pressure. You need to figure out if Chandler Jones in that second half of the season, he unlocked all that potential that we know he has. And unfortunately, an injury ended up making a miss the last couple of games. Is that a solution? Are you set with Max, who's elite in this league, and Chandler Jones? Or do you have to bring in somebody to split reps with Chandler? And then in the middle, there's not enough pressure coming in from the middle. Of course, they've been solid against the run game, but it's incredible how low the number of sacks have been the last two to three years. And you have to get to the quarterback, especially in the AFC West when you face a Patrick Mahomes twice a season, when you face a Justin Herbert twice a season, when you face a Russell Wilson who had a very down year in 2022, but he might have a bounce back in 2023. That's Sean Payton there now. Exactly. That's intriguing to me that they went and threw all their chips into the Sean Payton basket and said, we'll do it. What do you want how much and that's a third of the games (laughs) against quarterbacks that you need to get to and they're very mobile and they can get through uh defensive lines so you need to fix that the linebackers they allowed a lot of yardage through the middle of the field in the passing game you need to set that up and then the secondary heck that's been an issue for the raiders also for plenty of years now so 
in my opinion, you got to fix the defense and the quarterback situation is going to, you're going to figure it out eventually. And the thing is the Raiders fortunately have their date set very specifically. February 15th was a day where it was like, all right, Derek Carr situation. We'll figure out what happens. Derek Carr decided for them on Super Bowl Sunday. Then you got March 15th, the start of the league year, and then you got the draft. So everything is very set up where you're like, okay, the Raiders now have a month to figure out their game plan for free agency, to figure out if they trade for a quarterback or if they just sign a guy that Jared Siddham and Jacoby Brissett, that's not going to cost them much, right. and then figure out what they do next. So in my opinion, you go defense first, and that has to be the main core. Heck, you look over at the offense and you're like, hey, any quarterback should be able to play yeah. with as many weapons. I think so. And that's part of what I was kind of getting at with the earlier thing. Yeah. I feel bad now that I didn't show Stiddy some love because I feel like a lot of Raider Nation is really behind Jared Stidham and that they want to see him get an opportunity. What did you see out of Jared Stidham in those last two games from the 49ers to the Chiefs game that really impressed you enough to say this could be the guy? So I'll say specifically from the 49ers game because mm -hmm. that game I was completely shocked when they got the ball first and they scored a touchdown immediately I'm like wait what's going on here and you saw a mobile quarterback that was going <laughs> to the sides and he was yeah. getting uh, avoiding the rush and yeah. throwing out uh, while he was moving I was like okay this uh, I haven't seen in the Raiders for a while so it's refreshing to see but you also saw his understanding of the system of mm -hmm. knowing what's going on and at the end of the day Heidi it's the only system he's been in in the NFL. He was three years with Coach McDaniels in New England. He came over to Vegas and he's with McDaniels again. So that's the only thing he knows in the NFL. So unlike Derek Carr, who had been with six offensive yeah. coordinators or six different guys calling plays, and he knows a little bit of everything and he has been in the NFL nearly a decade, Jared Sidham isn't going to question anything that's going on. He's going to be like, okay, that's what my coach is asking me to do. That's what I'm going to do. He goes out on the field and he just follows the script and it worked out very, very fine against the Niners. Then, you know, against the Chiefs, they had a week to see his tendencies, to yeah. see what he can do and be like, okay, let's figure out a way to control him. And that's what they did. And the obvious Super Bowl champions, like you mentioned earlier, you have the Herberts you got to face twice. You have Mahomes you got to face twice. And it's not just Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. Andy Reid is an incredible coach. And those two, as a tandem, they are just really hard to crack. Hey, to crack. To crack. Speaking of which, but <laughs> have some uh, little sip cleanse the palate but uh, with those two in mind and with all of that in mind and like you said that it could be uh somebody that could just step into that offense and all I, I think do you think that Aaron Rodgers could in fact elevate this team to be a team that scores 40 points a game let's say to get past those tandems of coaches and quarterbacks that have done well. Well, Staley, I don't know if I put him up there in that tandem yet because no. he's, a, he's made some really bad, as yeah, uh, no, our guy bad. JT says, boy blunder. He's made a lot of mistakes. But when you think about And I'm happy that, he's made a yeah, lot of mistakes because we've been that. able to enjoy some wins against the Chargers. 100%. 100%. But yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the last decade, in the last two decades. He's been one of the premier players in the NFL. But now you also look at the situation. It's like he's going to take more space in in uh, the cap space he's going to earn more money he's going you're going to have to move your chips around and be to be able to make it work which they can eventually do but at the same time that's a little bit more extra work to also it's like do you prefer to use some of those draft picks instead of yeah. sending them to green bay to use them yourself look at seattle last year they had a lot of rookies playing from that draft class including 
a first rounder as a left tackle and a third rounder as a right tackle and they didn't miss a beat and they made it to the playoffs and it's like they, they were a very good team despite having all those young guys out there why because they were able to draft the right way for their roster so if you use rogers if you get rogers you know you're gonna have to sacrifice a lot of draft capital that's why i wonder is that worth it because you figure you at least have to give up the seven you have to probably give that yeah. up to get Rodgers. And then the money, you already free up about $30 million with Carr's contract, right? And they have the dead cap hit about uh, almost $6 million. But they, they still have freed up about $29.25 million with Carr's release. And then you think about the other guys you have to bring back. It, you're going to bring back Josh Jacobs, although that might be a franchise Hopefully. tag. Right. <laughs> uh, you think about... Um, maybe you take the risk on bringing back Perryman or Matt Collins, any Foster Moreau, who knows? There's a lot of people that need to be figured into the equation. Yeah, free agency means your own free agents that are not under contract yeah. anymore, but also the guys that you brought, want to bring in for those holes that you have on your roster. And that's something that we noticed last year. Once the injured players started stacking up, when you missed out on a Divine Diablo, it's like, okay, we're going to have to go with a Masterson or a Butler who are undrafted free yeah. agents and roll with the dice, roll the dice and see if it works because that's all you have in your roster. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, hey, you know what? This front office, they've shown us they if they see something they don't like on the team, they're okay with cutting them and letting them go away. Look at a Tyree Gillespie, who was yeah. a draft pick from the previous season. Look at a guy like Kenyon Drake, who's counting against the dead cap for next year as well. It's like if they see something they're not into, they're going to say goodbye and they're going to bring in somebody else in and hope they get the job done. Awesome, Harry. I want to get more into what we think landing spots could be for Derek Carr. Also, we have some questions from the fans on Twitter that we're going to get to an answer right after this break. I'm going to crack open my liquid death. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. There's a new brand of water out there that looks just like tall boys of beer. On the latest Vegas Nation podcast, my guest thought it was malt liquor, but it's really a 22-ounce can of pure liquid refreshment. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three flavors. And it's called Liquid Death. Liquid Death's tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Did you know plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore and more plastic than not goes just to the landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. My favorite is the Liquid Death Severed Line because it gives me that pick-me-up I need in the middle of the day when you feel like you're dragging and you won't make it to the final bell. But this is crisp and refreshing and the taste perks me right up and gets me through my day. So go get Liquid Death at your local Smiths, Walmart, Sprouts, and Terrible stores or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang, and I'm joined here with the voice of the Espanol broadcast, Harry Ruiz for the Raiders. I wanted to talk more about 
the Derek Carr situation. He has moved on. He's been released. They cut ties with him. When you think about possible landing spots for him, do you think that he goes to a place where the AFC may see more of him still competing? Or does he go maybe to one of those NFC South teams that's a little crippled in the quarterback positions? Yeah, the NFC South is interesting, especially you look at the competition down there and you're like, okay, he'll have a good chance to make it to the playoffs without having to win 12, 13 games. So that would be nice for him. And at the same time, there are squads where you look at their defenses and you're like, hey, you know what? If Carr has a good year, he doesn't need to have an excellent year. He'll be able to make it into the postseason. And it's funny. I was talking with uh, Mario Jerez, the Spanish broadcaster for the New Orleans Saints. And he was like, dude, it's funny that last time that we were talking, it was about the Raiders getting shut out by the by the New Orleans Saints and now everybody's talking about Derek Carr coming to those that same squad that got him shut out do you think it will work I'm like look I'm a big fan of the New Orleans Saints defense I like the pieces that they have there and he has knowledge of Dennis Allen his first head coach in the NFL and you look over and you got Alvin Kamara and you're like hey that's a running back that can change the game for you and they got a young wide receiver out there as well so you're like okay it could make it work me personally I would say the Jets. Okay. I like the project that they got going on over there, but it's cold out there. <laughs> so maybe for him, yeah. being in the Dome in New Orleans would be a great situation. Yeah, I think Domes might be a little better considering what we know Carr's record to be in the cold, but uh, I do wish him well. I do think that he will have some kind of market. I wonder what would have happened if he'd taken the Saints deal now, but now we're going to find out what the open market thinks his value is. And that, to me, will be an interesting part for his journey to see whether or not he could have gotten it better with keeping with the Saints, although I do hear that they wanted him to take a pay cut. So that was probably the deal breaker. And hey, look, at the end of the day as well, you can look at quarterbacks in the past, like a Mm -hmm. Tom Brady who takes a pay cut to make his team better. And that could be the situation with Derek Carr where he wants to go out there and prove it. What about if he signs a one-year deal at a lesser value and just goes out there, balls out, and then the next year he gets paid uh, the money that he wants to get paid or that he's worth? It could happen. I mean, he did lead this team to two playoffs, although he didn't get the win, but he didn't get to play in one of them either. You know, and the Bengals ended up in the Super Bowl. So it is one of those things that's a tough road, no matter which way you cut it for him and how the playoffs happened and how they got there and all that adversity that really happened during the 2021 season. I just had such a high opinion of him as a person and his character for going through all of that and really having to not just talk about it week after week after week, but the way that he put a lot on his back for the team and they ended up coming out of the depths of darkness, which I didn't think anyone expected. He's a leader. He's a proven leader. He's a leader of men. He can go out there, preach to his guys and have them listen. There's other guys that get in front of an audience, talk, say things, and one thing goes through one year and the other one comes out through the other. And it's like, they don't get it. With Derek Carr, people understand it. They like him. He's a great guy. The thing was, he had nine years with the Raiders. No playoff wins to prove it. It's not completely his fault. But at the end of the day, the most important position in a football team is a quarterback. So the Raiders, they're going in a different direction. And now it's like, what do you do to make the right step towards the right direction? Because we've seen a lot of teams make that decision to go with another quarterback and then strike out miserably and then have to go again. Look at Arizona. They went with Josh Rosen, and then immediately they had to go for the number one pick to get Kyler Murray. That was an interesting chain of events that happened there. And that's why I wonder, too, 
with not just Arizona situation, but particularly again, and I go back to Aaron Rodgers here with that situation because of the drafting of Jordan Love. And if that one, and we know it set a fire under him because he made it kind of known that it set a fire. Yeah. Under him. But now that you see that it's coming up, you know, fourth, fifth year for Jordan Love, if the Packers want to test what they have there and then see, okay, Aaron Rodgers, you're 39. You know, when do you start moving on from him as a franchise to kind of see what you do have with your younger players while they have all these young wide receivers that he just wasn't meshing with? And he did have a year that was subpar by Aaron Rodgers Sanders, didn't make the playoffs, didn't throw for 4,000 yards, uh, had a a quarterback rating, I want to say 39.8 or so. So when you think about all of those things, like, do you think that that was the beginning of a drop off for him? Or do you think that it was just the circumstances around the year for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, heck, you lose Devontae Adams, a guy that's going to get you 1,500 yards a year. You know that your production is going to drop off, especially when all you do is bring in a rookie to try to replace him. So there's not going to be the same connection there between Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers as there is with a a rookie wide receiver and the franchise quarterback. So that's a drop off. And And also, Heidi... You look over at what happened in Green Bay week 18. They still had a chance of making it to the playoffs. They did. It's not they like and they, it was a decent chance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was win and you're in. Yeah. And unfortunately, they weren't able to win against a very good Detroit Lions team. So it's not like they were the Raiders going into week 18 without a chance of making it into the playoffs. So Aaron Rodgers, he didn't have that star season like he did in 2020 and 2021 where he was the back to back MVP. But he did have a decent year. He did have the Packers fighting for a spot. So uh, now it, it's the same situation where I said about Derek Carr in a dome. Yeah. How better would it be for Aaron Rodgers to play all his home games at Allegiant Stadium yeah. where there's no elements? M- exactly. <laughs> no, no rain, no snow, no wind, no nothing. It's like, I think that would be the best case scenario for him. Plus Devontae Adams, who's obviously tweeting in favor and campaigning for Aaron Rodgers to come. Plus Darren Waller, plus Hunter Renfro, plus Josh Jacobs, potentially, hopefully. (laughs) That is a question, actually, that comes from Yair. He wants to know, is Josh Jacobs going to stay or go after seeing how they treat a car? I think he's going to stay. I mean, to guarantee he's going to stay, I think they're going to put the franchise tag on him, which when was the last time the Raiders used a franchise tag? Yeah. It's been a while. I want to say 2014, 2015, potentially. Um, Tyvon Branch. There you go. I remembered who it wow. was. Tyvon Branch was the last guy to get franchise tagged, and he signed an extension before playing on the franchise tag. I think it's going to be a similar situation. They'll sign him with the franchise tag, and then they'll use that time to negotiate with him a contract extension instead of just letting him test the market because when you're the leading rusher in the NFL, you have a lot of attention on you. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that position, it's being devalued with every year as it goes by and you look at rookie classes coming into the NFL and killing it. There's a lot of teams saying, you know what? I'm going to let my franchise running back go to bringing in a young guy. Oh. Um, unfortunately for the Raiders, they, that plan didn't go well or well, fortunately, I would say, because they had the leading rusher in the NFL first time since Marcus Allen. And be like, okay, let's roll with this guy because he's not only a good running back, he's an excellent running back. Yeah, he's right up there in their top five of all-time leading rushers as well already at this phase of his career. It's pretty incredible. Four years in. Yeah. Um, Now we have a question from Just One Wendy, and she says, can you go over which of the D backfield might be kept on the team? 
interested in the corners, linebackers, and safeties. Not that you know for sure, but your best guess. That's her question. I mean, I think they're going to give Trayvon Merrick another chance. He was a high draft pick, second rounder. He had a very good first year, but he struggled with the Patrick Graham scheme. And the way that Patrick Graham goes a little bit more into a deep side of the pool instead of just staying over here on the kitty side where it's like a little bit more <laughs> fundamental. It's like, no, he goes <laughs> a little bit deeper and he like but because it has a high potential to do big things and have a great defense instead of just the basic uh, defense that's like stopping the bleed a little bit. But then it just pours out. So I think Merrick is going to have another chance. Nate Hobbs, of course, he's a guy that you look at and you're thinking, okay, he can grow into being a great cornerback in that position. But unfortunately, besides, I mean, Deron Harmon, I would like him back. Mm -hmm. I liked his leadership. I liked the way that he was mentoring the guys. Every time we would interview him, I think we would all leave smarter because we're like, hey, this guy, I (laughs) I mean, this guy, he knows this stuff. So it's like, okay, I think his knowledge that he can impart of that defense that he's been a part of in the past, it would be great to bring him back. Uh, But there's not a lot of pieces around that defense that you're like, hey, you know what? It's amazing. So yeah. you got to build up that defense big time. There's at least four or five pieces. Obviously, Max Crosby, you know that I'd say, yeah, you oh. should keep those yeah. guys. But I wonder, you mentioned earlier the defensive tackles and the interior push. And one of the things I noticed with Patrick Graham immediately was that he went with bigger bodied guys. But do you think that that helped this year in seeing the 300 plus pound guys, a 6'5", you know, big shouldered Dude, you know, did that really help? Because I didn't seem to notice the numbers kind of changing on the pressures and all of that with those Bilal Nichols types and uh, Andrew Billings. I mean, I think it helped out in one aspect. When you look at the Raiders defense, I think one of their very few spots where they were above league average was rush defense. So they were able to do a good job, especially with Max Crosby elevating his game in that aspect, getting a lot of tack, leading the league in tackles for loss for defensive linemen, it's like, okay, you know that the rush defense is good. But at the end of the day, the NFL right now, it's becoming a pass game. It's becoming a league that's air defense. It's like air offense. They're going straight to getting 300 plus yards for their quarterbacks. You need to get to the quarterback. So Jerry Tillery, when he came in, I saw him unlock a little bit more from the edges for the Raiders. So maybe, I mean, no disrespect to Billings, but Artillery was able to do a little bit more in the little time he was with the Raiders. So maybe that shows the defensive uh, masterminds of the Raiders to be like, okay, let's look for Tillery, who's still a big guy, but he was a little bit more athletic in the middle. I agree. Um, and those were things that definitely helped this team along the stretch. And you could see that. And they needed that coverage guy. They definitely needed it. And that's something I think over the past at least five years and fresh memory yeah that the the team hasn't really had a guy that is just really good at finishing you know batting down passes getting the coverage kind of work done for this team yeah and you look over at a kansas city chiefs and Mm. they got a chris jones up there that by himself yeah he makes the rest of his defensive line better you need somebody like that disruptive that just breaks up everything that the offense is planning to do both in the pass game and the rush game so that's what I'm pushing towards. I'm like, if you can find a guy that can do something like Chris Jones, that's somebody you got to bring into this team or create him, make him, and have him be your guy. 
is going to do one more check for questions. That is the final question that we have from Twitter today. I appreciate those of you that did chime in. And of course- um, Very short notice, by the way. I know. When Heidi I was like, we already got a- questions. I was like, Heidi, you posted that tweet five <laughs> minutes ago. And I'm happy for it. I really am. Um, Raider Nation, people, you rock. That they come and educated questions. And that I have somebody like Harry from the Spanish broadcast for the Raiders, as well as- Sorry, I did not mention this earlier. The founder of La Nación Raider. Did I say it right? You I said always it try perfectly. to do my accent. And I, I try. And then also. One day you'll say my name like my mom says it. How? Harry. Oh, like, <laughs> like in Spanish. Aww. Harry Ruiz. I love it. You know, it's funny. I did a call yesterday with somebody from Florida um, and they kept calling me Haiti. You know, Haiti. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's how my mom would call that you. That's my Spanish name. And Harry is Harry. Harry in, in Harry in Espanol, Harry in English. Uh, Larry, how'd I do it? I'm like, just, he claps. I'm Larry like, claps. just don't say Henry. Because no. I've had people say Henry. I'm like, well, that's a completely different no, name. No, not even, not even. But uh, again, you're the, also Lights Insider. You're heading out to that? Yeah, I'm going, Tell us going, what going to practice going right now. They got their season starting in less than a month on March 12th. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. And I'm also freelance out here with the Review Journal, which I enjoy very much. Yeah. Shout out to all the crew out here as well. You guys are top of the line. Oh, thanks, man. And again, uh, always appreciate having you in the media room for insights. It's great how we always kind of banter things in that media room. And I love when you speak about certain things because the voice, Harry, is always, like you said, that passion and always driving home really important points that matter to Raider Nation. So appreciate you as always. And of give course, him a follow Heidi. on Twitter at Harry Ruiz. For Harry, I'm Heidi. Thank you so much for tuning in. Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports.